0: It's funny that 4th of July, we <laughs> couldn't remember when was the last 4th of July we were in church on Sunday. If anyone knows that, please let us know. <laughs> it's just, yeah, at least not in 15 or 20 years. I've been, yeah. And it's funny that when I got out of the car this morning uh, as I came into church, I just felt the joy of the Lord is our strength. And then when they were saying that, and I just feel, how many of you have lost people in COVID? Anybody in this place? You, you, you. Okay. Do you feel a sense of that you cannot celebrate? Do you? Okay. For some reason, it just felt like you know, there in this atmosphere, it was like, given what we have gone through in the year and a half or two years, it's like that we don't give ourselves the what do you say the permission to celebrate and celebrate well. You see, it's when when we mourn, you mourn with those that mourn. And when you celebrate, you celebrate with those that celebrate. And for some reason, I just felt this like, I don't know, it's like a prophetic unction over my life. It's just to say, hey, you know, we're going to walk out of this place and celebrate well. Our joy is going to be full. Our joy, because the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? If you walk out of this place without the strength of God, you're basically walking weak outside. What happens to weak? week? It basically falls, you know. You don't achieve what you're called to do. And so just right now, just join with me. Basically, I feel this, that because I had to choose, right? Whether I do this in the initial part of it, I do it at the end. But I prefer to have happy people in the room when I preach. <laughs> then you were all sad, and then you all went out, and then you all celebrated. So it's better that, you know, I re- we release that joy. So, Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus, O God. And, Father, the very anointing, O God, that breaks every yoke, O God, breaks every spirit of heaviness, breaks every spirit of despondency, breaks, O God, every kind of thing, O God, that comes, O God, to shut down our joy. We come against it in the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. And we just command, oh God, everything, oh God. We just shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. Every year for the last one and a half year, whatever, oh God. We just shake it off, oh God. We just breathe a new air. We breathe a new air. Freedom. Freedom is what we are called to because of you, Jesus, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed, and we rejoice in that freedom. So, even as we walk out these doors, O God, even as we sit through this message, O God, we walk, O God, in that realm of freedom that is ours, O God. This is our inheritance, and it shall not be taken from us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's funny that, like, one more, the first point that I have is in. Like, you know, what, what do we tell people Independence Day when this last eight or ten months has just been a mentally crazy, crazy time, right? It doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you believe in. But in this eight or ten months, it's like everything has been thrown at us. It's like everything that can challenge you, challenge you. COVID challenges you. Do you believe that COVID could kill you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and we're seeing that kind of stuff, Right. And so how do we function at our best, who we are supposed to be during this time? This, this is the hallmark. This is like everything. When it is the worst time in the world, how do we function at our best, right? How do we attain what we are called to be? If I have to win this Olympic gold medal, how do I train if I have to basically achieve and be at the zenith of who I am called to be? right? We cannot settle. For longest time, we said, just let this one week go by. Next week, next week, next week, and that's how the whole year went by. We just stayed at home. Work from home became the norm, and work from home was like, yeah, work, really? Watch TV, watch TV from home. That's what it became. Really, you, you have to have that very, what do you say, strong, <laughs> At least, I, at least I have a strong like viewpoint, okay, of what we do at home versus what we do at work. Right? See? So you have to be honest because God watches over even what you're working at, right? Psalms 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, and that's in the Amplified. The Passion Translation says, Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions, the revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. We need the word. In, in this season where you cannot see where, what you have to say, what you have to do, whether you can celebrate, whether you can't celebrate, whether you can be joyful, whether you can't be joyful, we need the word to basically guide us and put the light to our path. That in every choice that we make, we just go to the Word and we say, Jesus, you are the living Word. What do we do? You see, we, 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 we come down to this thing is because, you know, we, have, we like to teach kids to learn Bible scriptures, and all, But with that, did they learn anything? Or they just like, blah, 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 blah. they just like, you know, rattle stuff out. And they can quote you all the addresses, but that Word has not become flesh we, we need to come to that place where we have basically gone back to this word and say, hey, what was that first word that God spoke to me? Is it still living? If it's dead, it needs to come back to life. What was that first word God spoke to you and said, hey Chris, come on, follow me. You see, to each of us, God has spoken a word that has to be flesh. The word is what brought us to this church. The word is what brought us to Jesus, right? To that Revelation and understanding that we need Him. We need a Savior. You see, how can you think you will live without the Word? It just beats me that people think that you could not read the Word and you could just survive. (laughs) I'll read you this. Exodus 30, verse 17 to 21. Then the Lord said to Moses, You shall also make a basin of bronze and a base of bronze for washing. You shall put it outside in the court between the tent of meeting and the altar of burnt offering, and you shall put water in it. Aaron and his sons wash their hands and their feet. When they enter the tent of meeting, they shall wash with water, so they will not die. <laughs> this is in the Old Testament. They had to wash with this word because they would not die. Today, on Sunday, if you may, if this rule st- do you know more people would die than covid and i'm not even like this thing i i just sat and i said how do you explain to a church that more people would die of this than your fear of covid because you didn't have the word or you didn't wash yourself with the word of god literally we'd have to put a basin outside That, that that's what it is the truth you have to be ready to face the truth if you didn't have that washing of the word, would you even come to a tent of meeting? Because why? You'd come to this tent of meeting and it would be pointless because you just came because you're a professional Sunday Christian. Right? Because this is what we do. But the word makes an invitation, makes an inroad in our heart, then where we come to this tent of meeting and where worship becomes sweet. Where it is sweeter than anything else, as that word as we were singing that. And we stand in that spot and we just say, Jesus, we love you. That's it. Your whole world of everything that you know, everything that revolves, we revolve around, comes to that very point where you meet Jesus in this tent of meeting, and he becomes real. Nothing else. Nothing else has that much sweetness. Then he is sweeter than honey. See, we, we have to come to that place where we realize that this word is bringing us to that point where, we're, you know, I become who I am. It's funny, I have I borrowed this from people. <laughs> the world basically puts stuff on us, right? They tell us, oh, you can't do this, oh, this is how you look, or oh, this is how you think, or oh, you... C- you're really not from the right family or the lineage. And we basically walk around with this as our identity. Okay? And we are okay with this because we have not gone to that basin where we are looking at a face in the Word and saying, is this right about me? We walk around all our life with this being my identity. Whereas Jesus died on the cross for you, his face was marred, he became nothing, you could not even recognize him, that you may know your true identity in Christ. This is who we look like if we don't wash ourselves with the word. You, I, you know, the more I put on this, it's like funny. But think of it. We, we don't believe that God knows that how to take care of us when we become old. We think, let's help God. You think that God never thought of you, that you wouldn't age well? That we basically decide that we want all the associations of the world, all the cosmetologists and all to come and help us? What about the generation, two generations back? They didn't have that. So you think that God was not for us? Or he was not for them, he's really for us, our generation. No, he's the same God who thought about you that how many hair that you had on your head. He knows how many wrinkles you'll have on your face. We have not had our identity in the word. That's why whatever comes out, whatever ad comes out, we suddenly jump onto that bandwagon and that becomes our identity because we don't have the word. Who does the word say you are? I can run through a troop. I can jump over a wall. You see, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What are you telling yourself? Are you telling yourself all these little chits of nothing, which just people randomly just said, and you believe it? Whereas the word says you're more than amazing. Because Christ's in you, the hope of glory. You see, when the word becomes flesh in us, The living word, Jesus, becomes in me that I become like Jesus. You see, we are trying to be like Jesus, but we're forgetting that this is the word that has to go in me. And that word becomes flesh, and it manifests itself in me that I start looking like Jesus. That's it. This whole gospel and everything we're trying to work and do and do, you're just trying to just, you know, give offering, give sacrifice, cut a cow, cut a goat, whatever. But all it takes is getting that word to go inside. What, what, what did we talk during worship? Making room in your heart. That the word becomes flesh in your heart. That's what sets you free. That's what causes you to have destiny. That's what causes you to walk in what you are called to. To live the fullest life that you are called to be. You see? Our identity as sons and daughters is so much precious to God. If we walked, just us in this room walked in that identity, this whole Sugar Land forget is in Fort Bend County won't be able to stand under the power of God. That we walk out of this place with the glory of God on our faces. What can stand against him? Who can stand against him? It doesn't matter what you believe in. You just have to let this word become flesh in you. That the glory of God abides in you. Hebrews four twelve says. For a uh, couple of the things I'm going to say, I go. I jumped between Amplified and Passion Translation, right? So, whichever I'll give you both of them, and then you can go choose which you want. And you may choose something else. That's fine. <laughs> For we have the living Word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being, where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our heart. You see, the Word of God. When we allow the Word of God to go in, it will basically even question your thoughts and your motives. Why are you doing this? Why, why do you feel that you need to go to church just to stand, just to do what you want to? Why? Right? Right? In the Amplified, for the Word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, the completeness of a person and of both joints and marrow, the deepest part of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of their heart. This Word is able to set us free but this word is also able to correct us what we have used this word for is only to get your way oh you want a good job chris what word are you going to use chris we're just going to you know chris you're my favorite today you know just letting you know (laughs) but, but but that's what we do we want something so we then go lean on the word of god but we don't let this word of god come and say hey man this, what you think about yourself, is not true, Because the word is basically questioning you and saying, hey, this is not what I died for. Jesus basically comes and tells you that. And then you have to make that choice whether you still want to live in that identity that you believed in or what Jesus died for you into that freedom. You see, with the word, and, and why I say this, these are things that I try to live by right? And so for me, I had, so I, I just went back, I just said, randomly, let's pick a verse. Pick your favorite verse, okay? This is something you can do back at home. So I just went like, it was, I think, 2.30 in the morning, and I basically said, okay, what's my favorite verse right now? So I said, the, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I shall want, right? I said, okay, now what do I understand about the Lord is my shepherd, right? So, so you have to, now how will this verse challenge me in my walk because all the selfish me wants is I shall not want you see because we that that is what our intention is the word has to challenge me to say hey what is my intention oh I shall not want "Mm, what do I want oh I want a jet I want mm, a palace I want uh," yeah because that your word has to complete that, right? So, so to me, when, when I sat and I thought about it, I was like, okay. And I remembered you, Pastor Lina, because there were a couple of things that came was the shepherd, right? So when we are doing this ministry school, right, we talk about the shepherd and all. But there was a conversation we talked about about a guy reading the, like, the same Psalm 23 and there was a young guy who read it, and he read it very eloquently and all. And then there was an older guy who lived through life and read it. And he had this shaking in his voice, and, but he had lived through that psalm, where he basically could say it, and you knew there was life on it. Yeah. You see? And, and so you have to come to that point. So I, so I go back to this psalm, right? And so Psalm 23, verse 1, and I'm reading from the Amplified. The Lord is my shepherd, and into... Parentheses, they put, to feed, to guide, and to shield me. Now, I made a list of what does the shepherd do, okay? So if you went back to the Word and you were really studying this Word and you want the Word to enter into you, go back to it and just list what you think the shepherd does for you, right? Now, I could break it up into the first part, the Lord. You see, there is a divine deity of God, which basically is saying, do you really consider Jesus to be the Lord of your life? You see, for some people, where they're meeting Jesus, they're meeting in those first two words, the Lord. Are you ready to make him the Lord of your life? You see, our interaction with this word has to be of that nature, that Jesus is meeting with us and saying, do you want me to be your Lord? He's not even saying that. We have to say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. He just waits that's how sweet jesus is he doesn't have anything else that to gain from that or anything but he's like hey would you like you know would you welcome me in your heart would you make room for me in your heart that i may be the joy in your life that i may give you the strength that you need to go through these times this is where jesus is meeting us the lord but i went to the next one okay is my shepherd So when I say that Jesus is my shepherd, so he's my Lord. We are all in church now, so we all believe that Jesus is our Lord. Hopefully, if you're not saved, please come and we'll pray with you the salvation prayer. But I went to this part which said, my shepherd. How much do we trust God is our shepherd? I was challenged. Even though I'm preaching this message, there were parts of what a shepherd did. I had to question, do I really believe he would do it for me? Think of it. That's where I'm encountering the word. And I'm letting the word challenge my heart to s- see the thoughts, intentions of my heart. Because I can rattle of the Lord in my shepherd, there's nothing I shall want. But who cares about that because it is no life in it. The life is when you know what the shepherd is for you. What Jesus did for you. And you believe it. If you only believe Nothing else. Jesus said, if you only believe, not that you do cartwheels, not that you jump over things, but if you only believe. Now, he is my shepherd. He leads me. Do you believe he leads you? Do you? Really? Or do you say, we have two dogs, one's Coco and one's king. Coco is pioneering Okay, so even on a leash, Coco decides she wants to run one way, and then she'll stop, and she'll turn back and look at me, It's like, are you following me? (laughs) Sometimes we do that to God. We say, God, would you bless what I do? I want to lead the way, God, but you're my shepherd. He leads me. Think of it. We want God to bless our ways, bless everything we put our hands to. And he says it. But did he call you to do it? You see, in this time, we have to listen to that word. And, we, and if you didn't listen, if he didn't say anything, do nothing. Just wait. Because he is able to guide you. You see, so I'll just go. This is the se- second part of it, right? The first part is to feed. You know when we, okay, Psalms 37, 25. In the Amplified it says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous abandoned or his descendants pleading for bread. Passion Translation says, I was once inexperienced, but now I'm old. Not once have I found a lover of God forsaken by him or any of his children gone hungry. What do you want in your life? You want that you, ch- you don't be hungry. Simple, right? Food, shelter, clothing. Food, number one. This basically says, I've never seen, this is David writing, I've never seen a person who loves God hungry. And I have a story with this, a personal story of my life. We, at one point, never had money to eat. My dad basically sat all day fasting,, When you have nothing to eat you fast, right? So we basically sat, and he just heard God say at the, I think in the afternoon or evening, "Turn the sofa over." And. we were like, And so he turned and, all, and you know, all the loose change that falls off our pocket fell into that sofa. He ripped it open, and we had money enough to eat bread. Think of it. Faithfulness of God. This verse becomes real. Right? Because you be allowed, you, we were allowed to partake of this miracle. You, for us it was a miracle. For you, what is your miracle? You see? Never have I seen a lover of God forsaken. So why would not you become a lover of God? You see, we, we have this thing, <laughs> worship, right? I love worship. And I goes like, why wouldn't you worship? Why wouldn't you be this lover of God? It's like the best thing ever. Like, he doesn't ask for anything, but you just want to give. and you know, And that relationship of love, I can't explain to you by giving you a message. Come, worship with me. Stand in that presence and just love on him. Kiss him with the kisses of your mouth. That is worship to me. To me, I have no other way to explain this. You see, and one day when you hear it or you just experience it, you'll go like, oh my God, 20 years I walked with Jesus and I could have worshipped him every single day and he could have kissed me with the kisses of his mouth and I could have been just breathing this fresh breath of heaven. And I missed it. Think of it. You missed it. How much more he missed it. How much more he wanted it. How much more he desired of you. How much more he wanted you to be one with him, that you could live and move and have your being in him. Think of it. He is my shepherd. In simple ways, right? This, the second part of that, uh, Psalms 37, verse 26. Instead, I found the godly ones to be the generous ones who give freely to others. Do you know when you are touched by God, your heart suddenly becomes open. You may not have a lot, but you want to give. And you don't know why. You just want to break. Hey, I have bread. Yeah, let's break this into half. You know, whatever it is. Like John shares his coffee with me. <laughs> right, John. And we are like, oh, COVID time, don't sip my cup. But we shake off. You're like, whatever. It's like he's like, I need a sip. Like, yeah, we sip. You know, whatever it takes. But you see, people who God has impacted become generous. You will see that in your life. It doesn't matter who you are, how much money you have, if you have like 10 bucks, you have five bucks, it doesn't matter. There are people who have nothing and just want to help you with everything they can. You see? But what do they leave? Their children are blessed and become a blessing. See, we, We're trying all this get wealth, make money, Bitcoin, whatever, and we're trying to be on the pinnacle of everything so that we have a good inheritance to even give to our children. But this is saying, Lovers of God. Lovers of God. You see, to to me, when we believe that he's able to feed us, he's able to sustain us, that's where we have to question. So number one, question your motive. Do you believe that Jesus is able to sustain you for the rest of your days? If you doubt even a little, Go back to the Word and say, God, I repent. That's what I've been doing. I'm not telling you something that is like, yeah, let me preach this message. No, no, I'm interacting with this Word at that level. I'm saying, God, if you know my story, lost my job, had no insurance, had a stroke, had cancer, how much do I believe that God will feed me? Do, do, do you want, you see you see the challenge? Because history is telling me that I've gone through all this time that, hey, God was not there for you. But that's history telling me. What does the word tell me? He would never leave me, now, nah, forsake me. You see, you have all these war stories. You have a choice that you can connect to that. Or you can say the word of God is true and living. And I choose to believe this. The word in us has to become life to us before we share this life with others. You see, we're trying. You know why sometimes people, good-meaning people who reach out to other people, people don't accept it? Because they do not see the fullness of you living in the joy of the Lord and the life of God gave you. We have to question ourselves Is like, hey, I'm doing this work, but I'm really enjoying it. You see, to us, we have to. When I'm ready to share the word to somebody, even with a smile, I let that smile speak more volume than having to give them a testimony of my life. Because they've seen that even if their service was bad, I'm able to smile. That's a challenge today. Because we want good service. Every restaurant we go, we want our food. <laughs> Why are you taking so long? Oh, my order, you messed it up. But what if I just smiled and even that becomes persecution to us and we withstood that and we just took it and we said, but we're just going to let our light shine. We, nobody's asking for big nine-point message and ten-point message, living your life just in simple things. Walking in that reality. As I told you about he, the next one is, He leads me. He guides my steps even unto death. For some reason, this verse, I love it. Because it says that He won't leave me. He guides my steps yeah. even unto death. And then, you know, when you think like that, you're like, that's it? What about this? So you go back to the word, right? <laughs> Psalms forty-eight fourteen. It says, for this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. So now this still seems shallow or not complete enough. So I went to the, I think, passion it was. Yes, this is our God, our great God forever. He will lead us onward until the end, through all time, beyond death, and into eternity. Now that feels whole. And now that settles in my heart saying, all right. Because when we are saved then we are like, mm, what about transition between heaven and earth, you know, all that. You know, our mind starts thinking all these things. And you just have to, if you don't have answers, that's where the darkness comes. But when the word becomes your lamp unto your feet, and it gives you the clarity that you're able to see that he's walking me even through death. Right? That seems to be grim and horrible. But hey, the minute we die, we're just going to be translated into heaven. This is the joy that is behold, we set before us, that we f- meet him face to face. That's it. All this moment, like, you know, where I'm worshiping and I'm meeting Jesus and all this, and then suddenly I just meet him in his full glory. What more do I want? That's it. Right? So, so to me, a couple of weeks ago, I'll tell you, oh, so I'll tell you where this message started at weeks ago something we had this time and I, I was sitting over there and I s- for some reason I seen an owl you know what an owl the bird that sees in the night and I was like that's weird you know we're Christians right and 4th of July America we are gold eagle right <laughs> hey we have to be eagle right spread your wings like eagles that's what the word says and, I, and I, so I'm like you know And so in my head, I'm thinking like in line with this because it's like owls can only see in the night. So I was like, is this God trying to tell us like, you know, be wise like serpents? It's like, hey, be like owls that you can see in the night. And so I went to research on eagles. So eagles can see in the night, but they don't hunt in the night. And you wonder, right, why all these prophetic voices and all just kind of like in this darkness not doing really much. Right? Why the prophetic in that sense, right? We we we're in this phase. I mean I, I don't know what you believe in in that part of it, but there's a lull. And there's this, it's like, and you're wondering why. And the natural man wants us to become like the owl, become wise when it's dark and be able to hunt and grab and take what you can, right? But in when the light comes, that's when we shine. The light of his glory. See, so we have to watch. We're watching this time. We're watching this when it's dark. We're watching this. But we, it's not that we do, cannot do stuff in it. And literally it says, the, it's not that the eagle cannot hunt. The eagle can, but he chooses not to. You see, what battles are you fighting in this time that God has not called you to? what is the choices he's put on your heart that hey it, think of it if somebody came against the eagle's young so young one do you think the eagle would fight think of it would you fight yes but he's not hunting because he's like sufficient we at some point are fighting battles where we are not supposed to we need to come back to a place of rest and say, okay, God, what do you really want me to focus on? What do you want me to put my energy on? You see? Uh, The third thing it says, he protects us. So the shepherd protects us. Sometimes the shepherd protects the wayward sheep by breaking their legs. If you told that to church people, oh, they don't like it. Right? Because, hey, if this, you know, the one of the 99, that one kept going, oh, he gone, he gone again, and again, and again. So what does the shepherd do? He breaks his leg. And then he heals it. And now the sheep, like my other dog, King, just stays by my side. (laughs) He's not gallivanting and running up in front and turning back and saying, hey, can we go that way? Can we go that way? No, he's just staying by my side, and, he, and he'll just look up. He'll just look up. Are we going this side? Are we going that side? And then he f- goes with me. You see? My sheep follow me, right? He hears my voice, follows me. Do you think he can protect us? Why I say this is because in COVID, we basically have been challenged, what we believed in about healing. You see, everything challenged us because we were like, we were like, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. Like, you know, the next thing is like, we felt sick. We had COVID. Okay, now we're good. And then we're like, okay, we didn't die. Oh, my God, that was the best thing ever because I felt hunger again. You know, for five days, I couldn't eat. And then I was like, on the fifth day, I was like a new man. See, but it challenged what we believed in. And it's funny, this Exodus 15, 26 says, you know, it talks about the righteous and everything. But he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Do we believe that? See? There is something on this. It's like, because to me, how much do we believe that God is able to heal us? And it's funny that before I came into the service, I just knew that yearing, and you're sitting in front of me, and the challenge was, can I walk up to a person who I know has a yearing thing and say, hey, God is able to heal you. But I believe there's maybe other people in this room. If you have a yearing issue, any kind of yearing, I don't know what it is, if stuff has to be recreated and all, I just believe that the anointing of God is able to do what he's able to do. Because the word, you see, and I just believe so Father in the name of Jesus oh God. Right now we just release healing. Everything recreated in a moment. Recreate. Recreate. Just right now. Every even arthritis. Every arthritis be gone. Move your knee. If you if you have any kind of arthritis, just move your knee just move. I just believe it right now. This is where God is challenging us. Do you believe that I'm able to heal you? Do you believe that I will protect you? Though a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, do you believe that the Lord of Israel who never sleeps or slumbers can keep you? Jesus, Jesus, just engage right now. Just engage right now. Any kind of healing, any kind of healing, whether you need for people you know or anything. So, Father, we come in the name of Jesus, O God, and we call for healing, O God. The very healing mantle over our lives, O God, we release, O God, even right now, O God. We just say, O God, be made whole, be made whole, be made whole. Even your finger, Chris, we say be made whole, O God, right now. Every nerve ending, everything, O God, we just commanded be made whole. Every pain disappear, every pain disappear, disappear right now, right now. Just right now. Just more. Yeah. Jesus. We believe in your healing. Let your healing presence fill this air. Just fill this air right now. Yeah. So, Father, we just thank you that we want to encounter your word That you become real to us. That this living word becomes manifest in our lives. That we may be made into your image. We may be made, oh God, like Jesus, oh God. That we even communing with you, God. That we may become like you, oh God. Because we talk like you. We walk like you. We sing like you, oh God. Father, we just thank you for this moment, oh God, in time. We just thank you, God, that even right now, oh God. Yeah. Yeah Father, we uh, Carlton, I come back to you even right now in the name of Jesus of God, and i release a God that even into your family, the family that is scattered, in different places, oh God, whatever you want to bring, oh God, we pray for healing and a restoration over your family right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. Let that anointing just fall on you. You may not have the right words to say right now, but I just believe the anointing of God is just on you, and he's basically able to give you the right words, O oh God, even as he taught the disciples, oh God, to say the right things or when to say the right things, you will know when to do it, O oh God, because there is restoration. The restorative power of God is what I'm releasing over your life right now for relationships, relationships. So we just bless you, Jesus. We just bless you. Fill us, fill us, fill us with your word, O God. Ignite us, ignite us, O God, that, Lord, we may see the light, O God, in our eyes, O God, that will show us, O God, how to look through the darkness, O God, and how to walk, therefore, in it, O God. So we just bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.